All right, so we're getting to the finally getting to the point where God rests. God rests on the seventh day. That's that's where we've gotten to. Um, is seven important in the first literary unit in the Bible? Oh yes, I, everyone can tell that, right? Even just like it, don't, it, it leaps off the page, doesn't it? It's like everyone, well, seven's important. And we see, I mean, we know there's seven days, and there's, um, but there's some other things that um, we miss because of translation issues. And we've talked about some of this before, but let's re- refresh our minds as we're coming back to this idea of God resting on the seventh day. Let's refresh our minds on some of these things. For example, the first sentence in Genesis chapter 1 is seven words long. Um, Barashit bara Elohim etz hashemayim vaetz haeretz. In beginning, uh, he created, God created um, the skies and the land. And so we have this seven word sentence that begins everything. And we miss the, the, the seven in that because we, we're not reading in Hebrew. In English, there's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine or ten. You know, depending on what your translation says. Um, but, um, but yeah, so we, we miss that. And I, I love the, while we're on that first sentence, I know we've already talked about this, but I love the, the et at the middle of that, that sign of the dropped object. That it has no English translation because it just marks the object. But, and so 99% of the time you see it in the Hebrew, it just means, hey, this is what the sentence is talking about. But when you're in a sentence, we've been talking about for, for months now how carefully crafted Genesis chapter 1, the first unit of Genesis is. How carefully crafted it is. So there's no mistake that, hey, they just happen to get seven uh, words uh, in that first sentence? No. And there's no mistake. In my mind, I, I can't see that it's a mistake that the word et is the middle of that. Because the word et is olive and tof, which is the first and the last letter of the alphabet in the Hebrew language. And... Um, and, and I know uh, we we could say it's just coincidence, but I don't. I, I, it's too carefully crafted to for me to believe that it was. It's not there on purpose. And um, and so yes, you'll see people that just say it's just coincidence and stuff like that. But I don't buy it. Um, but it's like this first sentence is telling you that from beginning to end, there's this image of completeness. Now, remember, we already talked about, and we'll, 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 let's revisit that. We'll come back to that. Um, and there's some more interesting design images in, um, in Genesis chapter 1. If you, um, yes, this one. Okay, uh, the first page of your handout that I gave you, this one. 
I'm not going to put it on the slide because I didn't make a slide of this. Um, but um, so this, this handout, this is uh, actually, I took this from um, the Bible Project and he got it from a guy named Michael Morales, uh, commentary on, on, on Hebrew. Um, so this is, um, he says, the, in the structure of seven days, it's interesting that the first, the last, and the middle days are all focused on the order of time. Uh, different elements of time, but they're all focused on time. Um, if you look at the idea of, of this, the, the idea of time is throughout Genesis chapter 1, and it's involved with this 7. It's wrapped up in this completeness. That's why I call this, letter, this unit eschatology, which is the study of the end times, time, the ages. Um, but so day one is concerned with, um, the daily rhythm, uh, the day there was, there was evening, there was morning day one, um, day four, if we look there, day four is concerned with the patterns of the sun and the moon and the stars. Which is how we, which how they mark the monthly and annual calendar. We're going to talk more about that as we go. Uh, day seven is well; it draws close the cycle with the most basic building block of Israel's calendar, the seventh day week, and. Um, and so we just, we look that, that all of the calendar, the way we see all those scriptures and the, all those passages in the scriptures where you're like, well, what about this festival? And what about that festival? And the way they did this week and the way they did that week. And it's all really a commentary. One might even look at the rest of the Bible. Let's say Genesis chapters 1 through 11 are like the solid, what sets the groundwork for the rest of the Bible. And all the rest of the Bible could almost be seen as a commentary on those first chapters. And uh, so it's like all those passages about, you know, your, your vessels and stuff like that all come from ideas found in right there at the beginning. It makes sense to them. I know some of us were like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. But that's because we're not ancient Hebrews studying... <laughs> um, but but we do see that um, that the liturgical calendar for worship begins right here in the beginning of Genesis chapter one, um, and this is the introductory book uh, chapter to um, what book? What's what's the book that we're? What's I know we call it Genesis. What's the Hebrew? Remember what the Hebrew? They had a word that they called. Um, the first section of the Bible, of our Old Testament. Torah, very good. The Torah, remember there was Torah, Nevi'im, and Kathubim. Uh, the Torah was the, the teachings. Some people call it law. I don't think that's a very good translation, but we call it the teachings, instructions. 
the Nevi'im, which is the prophets, and the Kethubim is the writings. Um, and so this is the introduction of the Torah, uh, which so it's going to be uh, a hugely significant, and the, the calendar, the worship calendar, is going to be the organizing structure of a lot of the Torah. Um, even things that we don't think about, like, um, you say things like, well, like the menorah. What's the menorah? Yeah, the lamp, right? And we just, Hanukkah was just, you know, last month. We, uh, that lamp, you're like, well, I know we don't celebrate the Festival of Lights from uh, the first book of Maccabees, but, um, but there, we know that there was a menorah inside the tabernacle and inside the temple. Well, um, but you read... Um, the menorah that the high priest, you know, he, the high priest had shining garments, um, having jewels on them, um, representing the twelve tribes. He even had uh, the high priest even had uh, two jewels that were special, called um, Orim and, uh, and and Thumim. Um, Urim is the plural of the word light. Vayahi uh, or, let there be light. Um, and orim is the plural. So the, first, so the first word of that means lights. And, and thumim um, means um, completion. Um, so you see this. So, so like, okay, so we have like, like the image of the, uh, the priest. And there's a lot going on there, symmetry. But we could, it, we're focused on the, the, the calendar right now. Um, <laughs> The, the, the priest, I mean, he's all white, glittering with jewels, completion in light, and he goes into the, the holy place every evening and morning to attend to the menorah that's lit inside as if uh, he's carrying out the daily rhythm that's written about in Genesis chapter 1 on day 1. Every day he's carrying out the same rhythm that we read about in Genesis chapter 1. And when you read those passages, because they're so far removed, you're like, I don't get it. But you would put it back and we hyperlink back. Remember that word, hyperlink? Uh, some of you guys like the word cross-reference. I don't like the word cross-reference anymore. That was a good word. Now we've got the internet. I like hyperlink so much better. <laughs> uh, because we don't cross-reference anything anymore. We just hyperlink to it. Um, uh, yeah, I know, showing my age, huh? Hyperlink? Uh, I think it's one word. Spelling is not my, 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 my excellence. Um, I will admit to using Alexa, Google, and my wife quite frequently <laughs> to help me spell things. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the one place I failed all my tests was spelling. <laughs> um, but no, um, it. Um, but yeah, so you have these, you know, hyperlinks back to. Just like you're on the internet, you click click on that link and it sends you somewhere else. It hyperlinks you back uh, to Genesis chapter one, and um, 
And so we have this, this the, the, in the holy place, every evening morning, they're practicing this daily rhythm. Um, and so it's the, the priest who, is, who becomes the image of God, right? That's one of the things he represents. We, we are the image of God. We are the, the, the statue of God. We are the, the idol of God, right? And so we talked about, what, last week, week before? And so we are the idol of God. And so the daily priest represents like the ideal um, image of God there, and he's tending to the daily lights. Um, now, it's not in the Torah, but it becomes practice very early on that you say the Shema. Uh, who knows what the Shema is? Well, I've said it before. I think I heard it. That's right. Hear, O Israel, Shema. It's Shema. Shema Israel, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. It's Deuteronomy 6, 4, 5, and 6. Love the Lord your God with all your, you know, your everything. Um, all your heart, strength, and, and mind. Um, well, Jesus adds soul because he's trying to appease to the, uh, the Greek way of thinking. So he's adding something because he's using the Greek way of thinking. And the Hebrew only has three things. Um, but it, it basically summed up, love God with your everything. Um, and, um, and so that becomes a Shema, and so it becomes very practiced, and it doesn't, you know, it, it says, you know, to remember these things and to write it in your forehead, but it becomes very, pra- very practiced very early on that the Shema will be said every evening and morning. So the priest is doing, going in there with this daily rhythm and everyone else, so he's lighting the menorah, he's doing this daily rhythm, while everyone else at, at the same time is repeating the Shema. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's actually pretty cool the way the, the whole society is based on this daily rhythm of worship of God. Love God with all that you are. Morning, evening. Um, and you light the t- seat of the daily task. Uh, day four, we'll go on to day four. Day four is the um, marks uh, the monthly or the annual rhythms. Um, let me see. Oh, it's on this one. I knew I had it somewhere. This one. There's a long chart here. I'm not going through all of it. Um, you guys can go on and go through it on your own. It's, it's, it's got a lot of stuff on it. A lot of different stuff. Um, but, no, that's not even the one I was looking for. Huh. Do I not put that up there? I wanted my... Festival chart. Where's my festival chart? Hmm. Hmm. There's a festival chart. All right. There's my festival chart. Um. Yeah. The and we'll come back to this one as well um, as we go into other sections. But the the 
day four is the um, the the monthly rhythms of um, um, and the whole calendar is 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 attached to these rhythms. Um, even the seventh day rest is attached to this rhythm, this annual rhythm. Um, but um, there's the principles of seven working on this annual. Seven is is in this. We were started this because we're talking about seven. Seven is actually even in the annual calendar. Um, We have um, special days, the seventh day. We have, um, well, annually speaking, you have special years every seven years. Um, um Let me bring that up. Here we go. Um, Patterns of Seven in Genesis chapter 1. This is from a guy named Umberto... I'm going to mispronounce his name. Umberto Casuto. I apologize, Umberto. Um, I don't even know if he's still living. I have no idea. Um, But... um, Patterns of of seven found in 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 this in in the um, in the de- principal design. I mean, the first sentence has one, seven words. Uh, second sentence has how we we talked about that one. Uh, Fourteen words, which is two times seven. Um, the ele- epilogue, the ending, which is found in chapter two. I know we screwed up the first. When I say chapter one, I'm meaning the first unit, right? You guys caught on to that by now, right? Which is goes into chapter two. Um, but the epilogue has three times seven words, 21 words. There are seven paragraphs in Genesis chapter one. Each one of the key words in Genesis one are repeated, in Genesis 1 1 are reported are repeated by multiples of seven in the chapter. So think about this. Genesis chapter one, right? We had this one right here. In the beginning, he created God, God created the skies and the land, right? So those are the words, right? So look at this. Uh, I thought this was so cool when I read this. I was like, I, didn't, I missed that. I, I totally missed it. But he went through and counted it all. So God is, me- is mentioned 35 times in Genesis chapter, the first unit. That's seven times five. Land is mentioned 21 times. That's seven times three. Skies and dome is mentioned 21 times. Key words are repeated seven times. Light and day together, you know, day one. God speaks seven, uh, 10 times in, Genesis, in that first unit. Seven of them are Divine creative commands, let there be. Three times is divine initiative towards humanity. Let us make, be fruitful and multiply. Behold, I have given you, that kind of stuff. Um, He goes on in this commentary. 
Um, he says, to suppose, uh, I might have put it, yeah, I put it on here. To suppose that all of these appearances of the number seven are merely coincidence is not possible. The numerical symmetry is, as, as it were, the golden thread that binds together all parts of this section. Um, it's, it's completely beautiful how seven is woven through this whole chapter um, in, in ways that like, you know, your first reading, I mean, we knew it was important. You guys said, yeah, it's important. We knew it. From, it's just from the, you know, the most base reading, you're like, seven's important. It jumps out at you. But then you start diving in and looking and counting and you're like, wow, I had no idea. Seven. And so that leads you to the question, like, why seven, right? <laughs> why seven? There you go. Um, I, I know I've brought this up before. So um, let's just reiterate it. It's a, a homonym. Um, homonym is, uh, where's Gary when we need him? Um uh, <laughs> Um, a homonym is, uh, is two words, two or more words, having the same spelling or pronunciation, but they, they have different meanings and origins. Um, so in the Hebrew, we have Shiva and Shaba and Shabua, uh, and they're all, they all have the same kind of feel to them, sound to them, lettering to them. Um, So you're, you're dealing with this idea of you know, the seven is the number in, in, in the culture. It, it contenses, it, it has a sense of fullness. Like, I, I, oh man, I ate until I was full. I'm not hungry no more. Um, completeness. Um, and uh, and, uh, and it also relates to the idea of, of, of the fulfilling of promises and oaths um, in this. Um, so, um, so, it possibly originates in the lunar calendar, moon cycles. Um, the word, you know, the word for month and new moon, it, uh, uh, well, anyways, I was about to give you another Hebrew word, but I don't think you guys <laughs> need that. Um, but um, the the idea is that with the new moon, there's a completeness, and that it's divisible by seven, and there's this cycle of time. Um, but anyways, the idea they sound all alike. So every time you see the word seven you're getting the idea of there's a completeness or a promise being fulfilled. And, and that's what they're drawing on. Or seven times seven. Or seven D. And the idea is going back to that Hebrew idea of this completeness and this wholeness and this fullness. Oath being fulfilled. Um, and so that's... Um, yeah... And so we know that God 
that, that in Genesis chapter 2, uh, 1 to 2, which is you know still part of what I consider Genesis chapter 1, that first unit. Um, so the heavens and the earth and everything in the work completed. And on the seventh day, God had completed his work. And um, so he rests on the seventh day. Now, Shabbat is another word that sounds like Shabbat. <laughs> so it's related to the word seven. Uh, it's different, but it comes to it. Um, so this, the all you know. So on the seventh day, it's 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 a climax to the narrative that God rests. Of course, we have to ask, why does God rest? Is he tired? Um, that doesn't seem to be the issue here, does it? Right? He well, it says he rests, but what's it say? He why why does it say he rests? Because his work was done. Because he was done. It was completed. Um, and we could actually do a whole class on, on just that one subject, but we're not going to. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so he rests on the seventh day and he worked from work he had done and he, he blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. Um, the word rest there, Shabbat, um, the word there literally means to stop, to cease. Um, and we are, so it's not just like, uh, a lot of times when we talk about Shabbat, we like, talk, well, I'm going to church on Shabbat, or I'm going to uh, take a nap on Shabbat, or I'm going to... Um, <laughs> That's not really, yeah, we're, we're talking about, uh, that's not really what it's talking about here. Um, uh, we, we could talk about what we, the Sabbath is and how it, it differs from Shabbat. Because uh, there are two different words. Sabbath, meaning the, the day we take off. But they're related. You have Sabbath and Shabbat. Um, they're related. Um, Cessation, they come from one comes from the other because, um, but it's the day we we stop our normal work, and we take that for, as an example. God rested, so we do too. Um, as an example, as we as was said already, um, but and so we get the word Sabbath from the word Shabbat, and and, and you know. Um, when Joshua leads the people in the promised land, is uh, a story. Um, remember all that manna had been flowing and they'd been eating all that manna? That, that, well, uh, the manna Shabbat, uh, it, it stops. It doesn't appear anymore. It, they get into the promised land and it had been faithfully feeding them for years and no more. Ceases. Um... It's not like manna takes a vacation or a nap. Um, <laughs> um, but, it, 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 but um, and, you know, if we're going to rest, we do need to, to, to stop. Um, but it's not th quite the same as, as relaxing. Um, the word sh uh, Shabbat uh, appears in, in Genesis 1. 
but if you go through the Hebrew Bible, there's, uh, there are hyperlinks back to Genesis 1 that use another word for the word rest. Uh, that's slightly different. Um, and that's nuak. Or uh, um, I, I tried to translate it in, into the English there. Um, uh, nuak, yeah. Uh, it's got that, that's the hard guttural. Um, I think KH kind of does it for us. Nuak. <laughs> um, and that's the word where the, the name Noah comes from. Um, Nuaic rest. And it's, kind of, it's related to it, so we, we kind of hyperlink them together. It also trans In your Bible, uh, most of the English Bibles, they actually use, use the word rest for both of them. And so we don't actually get to see where one is used and when one is not used. Because we use the word rest. They're very related words. <coughs> uh, so we don't always notice the, the translations. A um, couple of examples. Genesis 2.2, 2, um, he Shabbat on the seventh day. But in Exodus 20, when they're talking about the giving of the commandments, the, Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments passages. Um, so we're getting all the commandments to uh, those Ten Commandments. And it says, you're told in six days, Yahweh made the skies and the land and the seas, and he, but it uses a different word. It's re... It doesn't use the word rest. It doesn't use the word Shabbat in Exodus 20. It uses the word nuach. Uh, he, he rests. Um, we don't notice it because ours just say rested. Um. No, Shabbat is to cease. Shabbat is a nuach carries um, a different kind of rest. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. Nuach is um, well. Let me bring up a passage here. Um. Here we go. Deuteronomy uh, 12, 10. Um, when you cross the Jordan and live in the land your Lord has given you to inherit, he gives you, this is actually the word nuach, to rest uh, from your enemies and security. Um, the idea here, Moses is saying to people, when you cross that Jordan River and you go into the land, you inherit it. He's going to give you um, a sense of peace, a sense of you are finally there. You're at rest because you don't, you know, you're, 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 now that doesn't mean you're completely like taking a nap or you're, it's, it's different from cessation because you're not just stopping you're resting, but there's still life going on. There's still, you know, governments happening. There's still. Well, yeah, it's 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 similar. Yes, it's but it, I, I, there's another word for peace that we would put in there. Um, <laughs> um, but we would, um, yeah, it's it's the idea that we're ceasing our wanderings. Where, you know, life doesn't stop. You know, still got all the hardships of life. But, 
you're, you're pausing, you're resting, you're no longer wandering in the desert. Um, and, um, and, and this is interesting because they go hand in hand. That in order for you to get to that pause, something has to cease. Whether you've ceased your wandering or you've ceased your, uh, your other life or the life as we've known it has ceased. We'll talk more as we get towards the end of this lesson. Uh, I don't think we're going to get there today. Um, apologize for that. I was going to try to do it today. Um, <laughs> you guys knew I wasn't going to get there. I see it in your, fa- your eyes. <laughs> Um, but the idea that at the end, at the end of the age, something has to cease. The life as we know it has to end. Even if the, and that scares us, and it is transition. I mean, even if we're, as we're, we think about, we're looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth, which we are looking forward to. That does mean our current life, a way of being, whether we like it or not, comfortableness has to end. Um, and changes, yeah. And so there has to be like a cessation to bring on the Noahic rest. So they go hand in hand. Uh, and like I said, our, our Hebrew Bibles don't, um, our, our English Bibles actually are not very good at telling us the difference when, when one of these words are used versus the other. Um, um, but, um, but yeah, so you have this, this idea of the, 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 the rest happening. And, um, if you look at this, this chart here, um, you'll see some different, uh, examples. And like I said, I'm not going to go through it. So you guys can go through it on your own. You'll see some examples of, um, of where, Shabbat seven are used throughout the New Testament and the 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 in the divine uh, pattern that is there, um, tracing it through creation, the tabernacle, the um, the temple, and, and well temples, um, you know the the tabernacle designs. Um, You know, when, I, when um, you guys remember when I, I, I mentioned it already, um, when uh, Moses is up on the mountain and he's going through the um, sapphire pavement and he sees the blueprints um, that he's supposed to, God starts speaking and God gives um, Moses seven, in seven speeches. Well, that's right there in, in that second, second line right there, uh, Exodus 25 through 31. Seven speeches um, in which he reveals the plans for the tabernacle. Um, which, interesting enough, because he's giving all these speeches, but speech seven isn't about the tabernacle. It's, hey, remember the seventh. <laughs> um, um, and, and, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, um, in Exodus chapter uh, 40, um, when Moses actually sets up the tabernacle, um, the narrative is punctuated uh, with seven moments of, of uh, you know, with, with the phrase, Moses set up the, the uh, like, 
um, and Moses set up. And so it's like, and Moses set up the ta- table of showbread and Yahweh commanded. He set up the altar uh, just as uh, seven times he says things like that. Um, and it sounds really redundant as you read through it. You're like, when the first time you read through it, I'm sure you're like, oh, come on, I got it. I already read this part. Didn't they just tell me how to build it? Now they're building it. And it's, uh... <laughs> Don't lie. We've all felt that way. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, but uh, after the seventh act of, of setting up the final part of the tent, um, it's interesting because the divine glory comes down and rests on the tabernacle on the seventh day. Um, that's, you can see that in the second one. Um, yeah, um, when um, Solomon builds the temple in Jerusalem in 1 Kings 8, he gets up and blesses the people and he gives long, I'm serious, it's like one of the longest speeches in the Bible. Um, it's a prayer. And he makes seven petitions to God. Um, and he looks with mercy and generosity on the people because of the sanctified and the gifts they offer in this temple. And he finishes in the seventh petition. Um, for uh, They feast for seven days. And then when that's over, they have another feast for, you know, so, so they have another feast for seven days. And on the seventh of, uh, um, on two seventh day fast, the cloud of Yahweh fills the temple and the tabernacle is set up on the seventh act of obedience and the cloud of glory fills the rest of the tabernacle. Um, Seventh, that, there's that theme of God coming in and feeling and ceasing, and on on the seventh again, right there in in in, in that passage. Um, so it's, um, yeah. Um, it's you know, and this is the way the the design pattern of, of the Bible works. You know, it's. Um, So God's taking up residence in the cosmic temple just on the seventh day, just like he was in all these other ones. He's resting. He's taking up cosmic residence. He's setting up his rulers. Um, And um, the divine reality rests together in the cosmic temple on the seventh day, and we're supposed to rest too. Um, yeah. I want to read another quote because there was so many good stuff on this. This is from Michael Morales again. Uh, Humanity's elevation made in the image of God is designed for the exalted of the seventh day. The Sabbath thus becomes the day for humanity to enjoy its privileged status of being created as God's image. The Sabbath is thus is the symbolic time for humanity's climatic union with and represent representation of its creator. 
Just as the divine work began with, with a workman's weak as the archetype of the human weak, now humanity can live in the image of God. The Sabbath and the image of God are linked together and in uh, independent themes. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a fairly re- recent book. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head when it was published. Let me look. Let me bring up his um, commentary. Um, no, not not the one here. Um, Um, let's see it was a theology on the book of Ludicus when he said that and it was written in 2015 yeah so fairly recent And I just found out you can get that whole commentary for free um, on Google Books. So, we haven't gotten to Moses yet. <laughs> um, no, we haven't gotten to Moses yet. Yeah. <laughs> We will pick up speed. I was looking at Genesis chapter 2. We're going to pick up some speed. We've already covered such, we, we, we set the ground base so much here that we'll be able to pick up speed. Um, better, right? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some truth in that. I... Uh, I have been taking my sweet little time with this, haven't I? Yeah, but it's important. Yeah, so God blesses the, the seventh day. Um, You know, God bless, uh, put blessings on the creatures and on the humans on the fifth and sixth day. Uh, being rela- their, their blessing is actually being related to, though, being fruitful and multiplying and filling the land. Um, but the blessing on the Sabbath um, kind of involves also a fruitfulness of multiplying and filling, but it's, it's um, the idea that the Sabbath would become an observed experience with others that would fill and give fulfillment. Um, same kind of way as blessing was for creatures and, and God blessed this. Uh, it was set apart. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'm going to skip that one. Uh, so let's go back to this one. Um, that calendar. I want to just take a moment to ponder the calendar. Um, yeah, we can do some of this. Um, Leviticus chapter 23 is where we get this listing. Um, and it's... it's so, so I'm taking ideas that I found in Genesis chapter 1 and we're tracing it in the Bible and we get to Leviticus chapter 3 and we get this calendar. And this is the most comprehensive list of the calendar for the ancient Israel uh, and their, the way their life. The, the, um, and in the, this chapter in the Torah has been placed so that it's uh, working out the literary theological themes of the storyline. Um, um. So we see here, we see um, Sabbath, the seventh day, um, no work to be done uh, because, and they remember the creation story and the rest. Um, interesting enough, um, Sabbath is, 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 is seven, right? Seven, it's the seventh day, it is seven. All of these are actually a multiplication of seven, Except for uh, first fruits, um, first fruits, um, and it's a uh, um, so. But the rest of them are a multiplication of of seven in days or the months or the duration in the new creation. So it's all they all have this idea of seven woven into the fest the festival thing. So, um, um, so if we, uh, I don't really have Genesis chapter 3 on here. Leviticus chapter 3. Let me bring it up real quick. I want to read some of it. Yeah, I am. Leviticus chapter 23. Um, so he says, these are my appointed, um, uh, we, we, we use the word, uh, um, we use the word, often use the word festivals. Um, Moedim is the word there. Um, and it, 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 sometimes it gets translated as, um, seasons. Um, but this is the, so this is the first, uh, these are my appointed festivals or Moedim. Um, and there's, so the first one in, in verse 3 is this, there are six days, the, the first um, when you work, but the seventh day is the, is the day of Sabbath, a day of sacred assembly. Uh, you are not to do any work whenever you, wherever you live in the Sabbath on the Lord. Um, no work on the Sabbath. Now, interesting enough, a lot of people mistake this, but Sunday is not the Sabbath. It's Saturday. Well, actually, it's Friday night to Saturday uh, at sunset. Um, we celebrate, we worship together because of the Lord's Day on Sunday. It's, there's a long process that begins with that beginning in 
the book of Acts and, and traveling forward, um, where Christians began worship, were worshiping on what will become the Lord's Day, will be Sunday. Um, as we, we talked about that through, in our church history subject, as we went through church history. Um, but, so, if you, so, but it's important that we don't get really confused that, and say, well, we're worshiping on the Sabbath because we're not. Uh, we're not. That's, that's, uh, we're worshiping on the Lord's Day. Um, yeah, so, so we have this, this, this idea here that the seventh, I'm going to go to the next page. Um, and um, as we read over the, there's, and there are, these are the appointed festivals of the sacred assembly to proclaim their appointed times, the Lord's Passover. Uh, begins the twilight of the fourteenth day of the first month. Wow, there's four, on the fourteenth day, and it's to last for seven days. Um, and uh, so, um, and actually, in- interesting enough, you look at the calendars itself, right? You have seven day weeks, but the first half of the year, uh, we have we we actually have. The, the whole month is divided up into like seven uh, time periods. They've, they base their whole month based off of when the, the festivals are, the whole, the whole year off of when the festivals are. Uh, so we have kind of seven time periods. Um, so on the seventh day, you know, feasting and eating minimalist bread to remember the, the haste in which we left from from Egypt, don't do any work on the first and the seventh day. Um, do do a little, you know, and then whatever you day you, you get to harvest, the first to harvest, the sec, the next Sabbath, you get your first crop, and, the, and then um, yeah. So so then there's the first fruits, and that one is actually the day after the seventh day. So that's an interesting one. Um, that's the celebration of God's gifts. You have like the, the Passover, unleavened bread, and then you have the first fruits, which is practiced right after that. And that's a celebration. And that's the only one that doesn't have like a seventh day theme to it because it's the day after sensation. You, you, you do your work. Um, and so we have Passover, first fruit, and then weeks, which is... Um, Seven times seventy, seven times seven plus one day after the Sabbath. Uh, <laughs> um, that's when the Holy Spirit came upon in Holy after that one. That was during that holiday. Um, and then the next one, um, and so we're, they're just kind of working on the same seven theme here. Um, And the next one is uh, the, the trumpets um, to mark out the seventh month. Um, uh, this, uh, this day is t- um, trumpets, and today we often hear it as Rosh Hashanah. It's the head of the new year. Interesting enough, the head of the new year is not at the first of the year. The ca- Hebrew calendar has multiple New Year's, the head of the year is actually in the middle. <laughs> um, 
Um, but it's called the head of the year because it's, um, well, it's kind of like if you take the first half and fold it into the second half, it's the head of, the, uh, head of that second part of the year, uh, the head of that year. Um, yeah, and so on the 10th day of the seventh month, it's the Day of Atonement. Atonement means to, it's the day they offer sacrifices for their sin. That's the day they offer the ultimate sacrifice for the sin. At that time, the high priest will go in and um, to the Holy of Holies and alter, offer a sacrifice for all the sins of the people. Um, <clears throat> and interesting enough, we often forget about this. He, he puts in a a sacrifice for the people, but they also, at the same time, the, the, you know, you had a pure uh, goat, uh, a, a pure lamb that you would sacrifice, but you also have a, the opposite of it, a, a blemished goat that you would send out, the Azazel goat. That means goat that was sent out. Uh, Azazel is Aramaic for sent out. Um, that's exactly where that idea, the idea of scapegoat comes from. It's right there. you put your sins upon it, and you send it out. And we often forget that that happens on the Day of Atonement too. We often think about the sacrifices. We forget about the other one. It's like in the beginning, we talk about in, you know, in the next chapter, you, know, you have the two trees. <laughs> we remember the one tree. We often forget about the other tree. Um, we have a way of doing that. So you, you have two different goats here um, on the Day of Atonement. So it's, um, yeah. Uh, so that the idea is, and Jesus, interesting enough, Jesus fulfills the role of both goats as he's fully human and fully man, uh, fully, fully, fully man and fully God at the same time. He's, he's both the, the lamb on the, and he's also the one that we put our sins upon and cast and he has his righteousness upon us. Awesome theology there. <laughs> uh, was he? Um, yeah, um, so Jesus fulfills the role of both goats that are found on the Day of Atonement. Um, so anyways, yeah. And tabernacle. Uh, tabernacle is an interesting one that we don't, we don't think about a little, but you make little tents. Um, um, and uh, interesting you're actually supposed to make a uh, make sure you take the fruit of a really beautiful looking tree and uh you know the branches of palm trees and 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 a leafy tree and and um and make sure that the and you 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 build yourself a little tent and um the idea is you're building yourself a little eden tent for 7 days you're you're building yourself a little little um no, it's this tabernacles. That's on the seventh. That's not in the seventh month for seven days, um, and um, and Sukkot is the Hebrew word for that one. Sukkot. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the the principle of Sabbath, the uh, you know, Eden rest being placed. On ordinary time, um, all these holy days are developed aspects of of the original Sabbath, which was the Garden of Eden, pre our sin. 
um, pre-year mess up. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, all right, yep, yeah, I'm not going to finish. Okay, I won't have enough to keep us the entire time next week, so you guys can say yay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll figure out a way, I'm sure. Um, but we'll talk about, I want to talk about Jubilees next week. And um, yeah, I did. I thought I'd get done today, but I didn't make it. Um, Jubilees. Yeah, the year of Jubilee. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. Um, so, all right, I got one minute. Any questions? Uh, well, but I answer that question next week when we talk about it. <laughs> Someone will ask it again. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and pray and be done. Now, Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful blessing. We thank you for all that you've done for us and lifting us up, Lord. We pray that uh, uh, we may just continue to enjoy and, and learn more, Lord. I know that next time I study this passage, I'm going to learn something new, and I, I praise you for that, Lord. I pray that uh, you just... Uh, Continue to amaze me with this, this with your scriptures, Lord, and uh, I pray that we may never uh, quit meditating on your word as we 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 learn from it, we grow in it. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.